the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. I am the only actual father, and I'm joined here today by Tyler Big Irby Erbach. What's going on, man? I have to admit, I might like your intro better than Jim's. Yeah, I get it down. I used to go to a lot of, you know, local punk and hardcore shows, so I got a little, <laughs> little extra throat in me, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, so if you can't tell by now, we are missing uh, Jimbo, Jim Dreer. He is not here this episode, but we do have his starts of the week, so don't be scared. And obviously, this episode is the week five start of start or sits of the week. And uh, what else am I missing here? Oh, before we get into this, follow us on Twitter, at the FF Fathers. If you're listening right now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those good things, wherever you listen to podcasts at, it's 2023. We can't keep up with that. Just <laughs> Also, our brand new tw- uh, Instagram, oh, at we the got FF it. Fathers. Yes, we got an Instagram. What is it? At the FF Fathers? Yep. Still at the FF Fathers. So same way. You can actually see our faces and see some of the shenanigans that happen behind the scenes. Yeah, and just see us like be assholes to each other or you know <laughs> things like that. Yeah, we have an Instagram, so check it out. Like and follow the Instagram. If you're following us on the interwebs in any kind of podcast format, make sure you like and subscribe so you can get the episodes every week. And if there's a possibility, give us five stars because that's all we fucking take. If you don't like us, then just move on. Get out of the app right now. So... uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this week is going to be the, our week five start or sits of the week like we have been doing for, I mean, shit, it's what, three years now? Yeah, a little, little different this year. We've streamlined it a bit because we used to go over every single game of every single week, and I think that was a little tiresome for us and probably for the listeners as well. Um, so not everyone cares about random tight ends on every team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, those three hour three hour episodes uh, definitely dragged on. Yeah. So so now we we streamlined it a little bit and we're doing start or sits of the week, just one position per each person. So, you know, each one of us uses a quarterback, a running back, wide receiver, tight end that we want to start or sit. And of course, me, Stinky, I do my Stinky's defense of the week. I'll just say Seattle killed it last week. That was my start of the week. That was a hell of a start. Thank you. It, it might be be the best call all year. Oh, no, no, no. You're underestimating me. I mean, but, come on. They scored 32 points for a defense. Oh, I fucking told you it was going to happen. I know, but like a good defensive week, even for start of the week, is like 14, yeah. not 32. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Trust me. I'm the defense guy. I'm also the tight end guy, but uh, being the tight end guy sucks because... Uh, because tight ends suck. Yeah, the tight end landscape is <laughs> fucking horrible right now. So, yeah, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers, all that good stuff. Uh, give us five stars, whatever, blah, blah, blah. If you listen this far, um, let's just get into the fucking um, meat and potatoes. Before we start like talking about the, you know, the stars and sits of the week, what about injuries? Big Herbie, we were talking about it before we started recording. Yeah. Um, actually, before we get to injuries, though, we do have some sad news in the NFL that came out today. Um, shortly before the Thursday night game started, we had we learned that uh, NFL and Chicago Bears legend Dick Buckus did die 
today. Um, he was 80 years old. I I didn't look too far into it. I assume it's from natural causes. Um, but I mean, a true legend and you know pioneer of the sport. I mean, you don't have NFL defenses today without somebody like Dick Buckus. You know, kind of leading the way there. So, very sad day for for the NFL. Yeah, definitely a sad day for the NFL. Uh, you know, any Bears fans out there? I grew up in the Midwest. My whole family was Bears fans. Dick Buckus is solidified in just you know history itself. Growing up, I always thought Dick Dick Buckus. I'm just like, is this like a gay porn star? I don't understand. <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. The name itself is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a little out there, but you know, he owned it, and he was also one of the scariest guys that ever play in the NFL. So uh, he had to be with that name. I mean, yeah. Do you want to see what he would have done to you if you fucking made fun of him for it? I don't want his dick to do a butt kiss to me. I'll just say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, Come on, man. We're trying to give a nice little memorial here, and you come through with that shit and have to just ruin it. What? I'll say that at his funeral right now. <laughs> People would love that shit. Yeah, he was a bad motherfucker for sure, and he passed away. And uh, in due fashion, the Bears, like, um, I don't think the, the game is over, but the Bears have been kicking that ass, right? We're recording this right now, uh, Thursday night. Yeah, it's during the game. It was twenty-seven to three at halftime. It was yep. twenty-seven to eleven when we started recording. It's now thirty to twenty with four minutes to go in the fourth. Mm. Commanders are putting are putting a little bit on there, you know, making a comeback. Ten points in four minutes is it's tough, especially for a commanders team that's coached by a, by Ron Rivera, formerly known as Riverboat Ron, because he hasn't done any gambling in a long fucking time. Ah uh, man, but the commanders—you can't sleep on them. They—they've been competitive, so yeah, yeah, they've been a decent team so far this year. Scored a good amount of points, yeah. So, um, yeah, R.I.P. Dick Buckus. I'm sorry for the jokes that I made. <laughs> um, I feel like my family would be proud of the things that I have said. <laughs> <laughs> Pops grew up, you know. He he saw him, and um, Trey's gonna be is officially written out of all the wills of his grandparents because of those comments. That's fine. My family has no money, so <laughs> but we'll be totally fine. <laughs> so, yes, uh, you know, RIP to Dick Puckus. Um, now, moving to injuries. There aren't any major injuries coming out of last weekend, which is great for, for fantasy owners. Um, but very good news. Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor are both back off the POP slash IR. Um, and both teams, the Colts and Rams, now have 21 days to add them to the active roster. Um, so far, it seems like Jonathan Taylor has a better shot of playing this weekend. It's still kind of up in the air for both of them. Um, obviously, it's week one of them back. I don't know how likely I would put either one in my lineup in their first week off the injury. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is probably going to be on a bit of a pitch count regardless because Zach Moss has done a very good job in his, as his replacement so far this season. Oh, you're embellishing. He's an okay He's done pretty damn good. Zach he's, Moss? He's done all right. Oh, come on now. He's done decent. I, I, I'm not trying to like argue against you, but it's like, okay, he's not Jonathan Taylor, and I mean, he's the on, offense sucks in, in general. He He's the RB16, and he missed week one. Okay, good point. I'll, I will quiet down. I mean, last week was a little rough. He played the Rams, but, I mean, he's gone almost 19 points, 21 and a half, and then nine points in the three games he's played. So... Um, at this point, I think there's a good chance that he's kind of earned a bit of a role in the offense, even once Jonathan Taylor's back. Obviously, that could change. We've seen Zach Moss for this is now his fourth year in the league, and he's basically done 
Jack so far. Um, so could change, but yeah, John Taylor's going to be a pitch count. If Cooper Cup does come back, though, I would kind of expect him to play probably the whole game. Maybe if, or if not the whole game, I don't think he's going to be on like a pitch count where we only see 50% of snaps. I think if Cooper does come back, he's going to play a high majority of snaps, honestly. Yeah, Cooper Cup is coming to, coming back definitely. Um, I want to see if you're with me on this one though. Jonathan Taylor coming back off the BP list or IR, whatever you want to call it. Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, I I feel like he's gonna be such like a hard ass about that, so old school about it that Jonathan Taylor does not get a good amount of play for the rest of the year. Ultimately. I mean, yeah, owners, they like to meddle and get in the way of things. But when it comes to game day, they're not coming down the sideline telling the coaches what to do. If it's what's best for the team, he he needs to swallow his pride. John Taylor came out today and said he's committed to playing regardless of where he's at. Yeah, and he said the whole contract thing was an off-season issue. Yeah. And at this point, we're on week five. If you're like me, I'm just like, goddamn, time flies. Yeah. We're already in week five. I want him to play, but my gut feeling is like Jonathan Taylor. You can't trust him. As far as like as, as a fantasy output, I, I. So let's just say you had Jonathan Taylor in your team, and mm. the next week or two, are you putting him in your starting lineup? Well, it depends when he when he actually comes active. Technically, he's still on the PUP until they activate him to the to the roster. Right. Um, twenty one days, right? Yeah, they have up to twenty one days to do that. <clears throat> It does sound like he's going to be good to go and play this weekend. Um, this week, I would not put him in my lineup just because he has got to get back into football shape, right? Um, it doesn't matter how hard you train in the offseason. Nothing, nothing gets you ready to play a full game without playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if he comes in and when, if he gets, you know, if he's only in there for 50% of the snaps but still gets 12 touches, I can promise you, yeah, the next week he's in my lineup. The whole reason I even say that is because, like, so Jim say old school guy, right? Let's just say, you know, they didn't want to give him the money that he wanted, yeah. Jonathan Taylor wanted, and uh, they give Jonathan Taylor the time of day and give him the ball, and he comes out, and he sh- just starts fucking killing it. They got a rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who's doing good fantasy-wise, NFL-wise, so so not not as good as you would want him to be, right? You're not. Yeah. You're not I mean, making the he's playoffs. Also, he's also right? a rookie quarterback. But at the same time, like if they come in, and you see that you have a dynamic one-two punch in the backfield with Richardson and Jonathan Taylor. Success on the field is huge when it comes to whatever happens off the field, right? So maybe they couldn't come to an agreement this off season, but maybe next off season they do, and maybe it's not quite into what Jonathan Taylor's liking is in terms of total money. Or money per year, but if John Taylor also is like sees where this team is going and he sees progression and growth, then he's like, you know, maybe this is something I want to be around and be part of. He'd be okay taking less money. That's a good point because a lot of guys have tested the running back free agency market. You know, Kareem Hunt. Uh, you could probably name more guys than me, honestly. Oh, there, right now. there's a bunch. There's a bunch this this off season. The, um, the market's way down for running backs. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in the last three years, the only guys really gotten paid is Christian McCaffrey. And rightfully so. Yeah. But the, only, the the biggest difference with that is that um, he wasn't a free agent. The Niners traded for him knowing they were going to pay him because they wanted him that badly. Yes. It's different than when you're a free agent. But, but there's not that many guys in the league that really you can count on like that. So no. That's but, what I'm saying. It, it's like running back these days, it's like they're treated like minimum wage workers almost. It's they like, do. Okay. It's like I can find someone who can do what you can do. 
Yes. For the but same I think, or if not less. But I think there are a few players in the league where they are worth the money. Chris McCaffrey is clearly one of them. Saquon Barkley, I think, is another one. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, those guys are just so, are so dynamic that you can't replicate what they do. Yeah. Um, Bijan Robinson will be another one already, clearly, because oh, clearly, every week you see probably four or five clips every week where he is just destroying ankles. Oh, it, it honestly, I love it because we were all all over Bijan Robinson. I mean, everyone was. It's he was a can't miss prospect. And I'll just say this: you already said it, but um. I, you should probably just say it. You know, them first round running backs drafting the top ten. Yep. The money comes. The only person who hasn't produced is like, was, what is the stat? The only was, person who hasn't done it is uh, um. All right, it was Trent Richardson. So Trent Richardson. This is the stat. This is over the last ten years, there were six running backs were taken the top ten of the NFL draft. Four, uh, four were top ten fantasy backs in their rookie year. That was Saquon Barkley, uh. Zeke Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Chris McCaffrey, but guys that were drafted just outside the side the top ten also were were good. Um, Todd Gurley, Najee Harris, um, guys like that. They're the, you know first round running backs tend to produce right away. The only guy who didn't produce was Trent Richardson. Yeah, and he was hot garbage. I'm sorry, he's probably not listening to this podcast. Should I probably shouldn't say sorry, but yeah, yeah, one guy out of so, what eight players at this point. It, yeah, so I mean, the stat specifically was six running backs, four were top ten. The fifth one was Todd Gurley, who t- finished top fifteen. Yeah, so still there. Good times. And Trent Richardson was the one who wasn't that way. And then you have a guy like Najee who's taken twenty fourth in the draft, um, still finished third his rookie year. Yeah, so I mean, come on, Bijan's just—he's another level of athlete and prospect. Yeah, and he looks great. He's getting like fifteen touches and a hundred yards. Yep. And Jameer Gibbs will be there, too, if they just give him the goddamn ball. If they would. Because whenever they do give him the ball, I mean, there's certain things going on with him. Uh, but, I mean, he's dynamic with the ball. In his hands. Actually, spe- speaking of that, I just watched a podcast that Austin Eckler was on um, just yesterday or the day before. And he was they were talking about, about Gibbs. And he goes, he goes, everything I see him when he has the ball in his hands is great. He looks, he looks really dynamic, really, really good. He goes... Here's the one thing that's that his problem is, and he goes, you see it from rookies, is that he's kind of tipping off his run. So what he what he means by that is that um, the Lions use a lot of zone scheme, mm-hmm. and so when he's going to the line of scrimmage, he's kind of going down the line. He sees the holes and just hits it. Where um, veteran running backs know that hole is going to be there already and wait to the very last second and then do a really hard jump cut to get there. So that way the linebackers uh, start kind of coming in. And when you jump cut out, they're not in the hole any longer where they can't scrape over because they're already too shallow against the, off, against the line. Right. Whereas the way Gibbs is running right now, he's hitting the hole too soon. And so it's allowing time for the defense to recover and still come over and make the tackle for a short gain. And that's coming from a veteran running back who knows what the fuck he's doing in this league. That's Austin Eckler, straight from his mouth. But we're going into week five, and he has time to figure it out. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not. I don't think there's any doubt that Jameer Gibbs is going to be a great back. You can see it on paper or, or on tape already that like when yeah. he has the ball in his hands, he is good. He breaks tackles. Um, I mean, he's super dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's going to be a great player. Yep, and he's behind Dave Montgomery, who, you know, I know you and Jim were not high on him, but... We weren't. He's been producing. Well, I was you know, high on him. Well, three touchdowns will do that for you. Hey, 
he scored a lot of touchdowns this year. And uh, I just want to say I called that shit. But so, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. What what else should we get into before we get into our starts of the week? Uh, and sits. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's it. Honestly, we kind of went on a tangent there with, with Gibbs. That's my fault. But. That's worthy. It was, it was interesting. People, I thought I found it very interesting when I, when I read it. So people might not know these things. So yeah, before we get into our starts of the week, did I go over bye weeks yet? No, we have not gone okay. over bye weeks. Bye weeks. We got four teams on bye this year. Or goddamn it, <laughs> <laughs> there are four teams on bye the yeah, entire season. That's that, it. Yeah, they, they quit the entire year. They're on bye <laughs> the entire year. So on bye this week, we got the Cleveland Browns, Los Angeles Chargers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, good amount of uh, teams that you might be wanting to start players on, but obviously they're on bye week. So uh, it's a good week to find some pivots. Yep, for sure. Luckily, I'm pretty sure this year we don't have a bye mageddon like we did last year. Where we had that one week where seven teams were on bye week. No, week 13 is going to be fucked. Is it? Is oh, that, yeah. Is it bad? It's going to be a bad one. Maybe I just drafted wrong, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I have a couple teams. It's just you. Week 13 is bad. <laughs> So yeah, I don't. I think the NFL corrected that versus what happened last year, which was crazy. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the start sits. We might as well start with Jim, who's not here. Um, he was kind enough to give us his starts of the week, but no sits of the week. Scary ass boy. <laughs> so at quarterback, he's going with Kirk Cousins against Kansas City. He says uh, last week that Kirk had a tough match against Carolina. Carolina does have a very good uh, pass defense. They're actually only giving up. They are the twenty, or I'm sorry, the third best defense against quarterbacks. Only giving up eleven points a game. Tough matchup last week for him. Is um, this like a Texan situation though, where like the team is like kind of bad and like the passing yards and the passing touchdowns are skewed? Probably a little bit where you run the ball more because you're winning the game, right? Exactly, because we we talked about the Texans, uh, you know, quite a few times in the last couple of weeks. They well, but the, we're talking you, about the Panthers here. But I'm saying that they they te- usually been losing. And that puts them in the top five against, you know, receivers yeah. and, and quarterbacks just and, because they've always been in a bad And that position. could be, but the, at the same time, like if you want to put it in that in that perspective, Houston and, you know, who you bring up, they are the eighth best defense against quarterbacks, so not quite as good. So what that tells me is that Carolina, you know, being put in that position, but they're also better against, they have a better pass defense than Texans does in general. And that's why quarterbacks still aren't producing. Because you even in that situation, you still expect quarterbacks to give you at least a half or three quarters of good production. Mm-hmm. And then it tails off. But right now, the Panthers are basically just not giving up production at all. Which is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, but this week's Kirk Cousins, he they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, who gave up 250 yards and two touchdowns on Zach Wilson. Also, Zach Wilson had probably his best game of his career against the Chiefs. So, uh, should be good. Not to mention this game is slated to have a super high uh scoring output the over under is 53 points this week is the most uh of the week so a lot of points that should be a lot of air yards and touchdowns for Kirk cousins hell yeah so what are we doing next go for it oh my quarterback start of the week so be <laughs> jordan love versus the raiders r.i.p my squad yeah I understand Jordan Love is a top five, a top five quarterback in fantasy right now, and this might be a cop out, but the Raiders are one of the worst defenses against quarterbacks this year. So I firmly believe that he's going to be a, a completely fine start this week. 
I know the Raiders did shut down Justin Herbert last week, but that was the only week they shut down any quarterback in the first four weeks of the year. The Chargers had a, a you know a depleted wide receiving core, having uh, Mike Williams out. Quentin Johnson still taking a long time to come along. Uh, we've had conversations about this, you know, personally in our own text messages. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't really uh, take that too far as far as like them shutting down Justin Herbert. And Jordan Love, to me, at least 20 points this week. I, I think it's easy money. He's been an absolute tear. The Raiders are nothing to fear. And they haven't been um, since I've been eight years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Yeah, I mean, no, it's a good call. Jordan Love actually has at least 20 points in three or four games this year. And the one game he did it was against Detroit last week, and he had 19 points. So, yeah. yeah. It's good. And no, I don't think it's a total cop out. Yes, his roster percentage is higher at 79%, but his starting percentage is still below 50%. Which is wild. He is a top five quarterback in every fantasy format that I know yeah. of. I don't know what you're playing fantasy in, but it's just he's been uh, it's still, silently I think, killing it. I think what it comes down to really is that like you didn't draft him. You probably picked him up off a of waiver. So you already have a starting quarterback, and it's like, one of those things, like, you're kind of worried, kind of like the Cinderella, right? Like, you're worried when the clock, when is the clock going to hit midnight? You don't want to have him in your starting life the, the week that that happens. And so. Well, you, let's just play this game. You drafted Joe Burrow, and you got Jordan Love off yeah. of waivers. Who are you starting? I mean, right now, I'd probably go with Jordan Love. I mean, the Cincinnati offense is a mess. Exactly. So, yeah, you, you get stuck in a weird position with your draft and whatnot, but you got to go with who's scoring points. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, you have to get your ego out of the way. Like, I like doesn't matter who you drafted. You got to go off of what is happening in the games right now. So, for instance, Joe Burrow is the 31st ranked quarterback in fantasy. He has three games of under 10 points. And two of those games were only three points apiece. And this is someone drafting the top seven rounds. Yeah, you're talking about, in most cases, I think probably the third or fourth quarterback off the board. Yes, exactly. And I know when we did our quarterback rank- rankings, for whatever reason, I just kept putting Burrow a little farther down. I just liked other guys more for this season. And a lot of it came down to running ability. But I still think I had Burrow as the seventh-ranked quarterback. Not like I was expecting him to like fall off a fucking cliff, no, which he clearly has. We, we all had him, I think, between, I believe between like, like five, five and, and Five and seven, I think it was. I think I was the lowest ranked on him, which was like seven. Yeah, and, and that's what's been happening. But, oh, well, not quite yet, but... Luckily, though, for all Joe Burrow owners, they are playing the Arizona Cardinals this week. If there is ever a game for this offense to get going, it's this week. Yes, sir. So, honestly, I said that exact same thing about the Chicago Bears offense, Justin Fields and, and Gigi Moore last, last week. It worked out. So, just saying. Just going to throw it out there. Throw it out there, dude. <laughs> Who's so, yours? My star of the week. I'm actually going to go back to the well. I'm going to Brock Purdy again. Oh, good old right. two touchdown tur- Purdy. Yeah. Hey, but it works. He was the 11th ranked quarterback in fantasy last week. Um, and now, obviously, when you're looking at it on paper, Brock Purdy against the Cowboys. The Cowboys defense is killing people this year, right? I mean, they're all over the quarterback. They're, they're, they're creating turnovers all over the board. They're scoring touchdowns. They're killing people. But I think Brock Purdy is going to be a bit of their kryptonite. So since the beginning, and this is why, since the beginning of last season, the Cowboys have ran man coverage on 59% of snaps. That is by far the most of any team in the league. But in that same time frame, and obviously it's a shorter, it's a smaller amount of games because Brock Purdy's only played 13 games in his career so far. Oh, we're getting deep now. Yeah. 
But in, the, in that same time frame, Purdy has the third highest QBR, third highest yards per attempt, and the third highest touchdown to interception ratio in the league against man coverage. Really? Yeah. This dude kills man coverage, and I think a lot of it has to do with Kyle Shanahan's scheme. He has a lot of misdirection, and he has athletes on the outside that are able to beat man coverage because they're fast, quick, extremely skilled, right? He just and it, his scheme opens people up for that. So I think that's part that's obviously helping Brock Purdy. But he's such a good decision maker. He makes quick decisions. He doesn't turn the ball over. I expect Brock Purdy to have another really good game against you know the vaunted or vaulted. Vaunted. Vaunted, okay. Vaunted Cowboys right. defense. Sounds right. I don't know. If I'm yeah, wrong, the, let us the know. Vault, the the it vaunted. Is, it's not vaulted. Yeah, vaunted sounds sounds more right, but I'm I'm not an English major, so you know Va- I don't know. I don't know Latin, dude. I'm <laughs> if I'm if I'm wrong, hit us up on, on the X and let us know. But hey, uh, Big Herbie, it's this instead. Uh, right. Yeah. So Brock Party good start this week. Most definitely. And I have to piss like a motherfucker. <laughs> I I'm assume gonna, you're editing this part out. <laughs> yes, I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> I was expecting you to you to point to time we go to my, my sit of the week so you can blow your nose. I was, I was, you're like, I have to yeah. pee. Fucking A. <sighs> All right, so since Jim didn't grace us with his sits of the week, uh, what is your sit of the week at quarterback, Dre? My set of the week at quarterback is going to be Daniel Jones versus the Dolphins. Uh, it might be fucking obvious at this point, but the fucking Giants can't do shit on offense. If you have any faith in this offense at this point, you might want to fucking move on. The only person I even would give an inkling of thought to would probably be Wondell Robinson. Am I wrong? In a PPR league. Yeah, it sounds like Saquon should be back, so obviously you're going to put Saquon in your lineup, but... Yeah, you want Saquon in your lineup, a.k.a. Saquon this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the, this offense in general, we um, if you're like me, you got fooled in the offseason. I thought Daniel Jones was going to do great. He, he showed good promise last year. Shit is not looking good over on the East Coast, the, the, the Nor'easters, as we would say. Uh, we're from the Inland Pacific Northwest, so uh, we're far removed from these guys, but yeah, Daniel Jones. You don't want to start him. And it, it might seem like he's playing a weak defense this week against the Dolphins, but they played the the fucking Bills last week who absolutely obliterated them. Other than that, they've only allowed one passing touchdown per week. So I would just say they're probably going to fuck him up. And they're coming off a week where they got sacked 11 times, Daniel Jones and the fucking Giants. By the Seattle Seahawks, which was my de- defense start of the week last week. Little, oh, was little, it? You don't say that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> a little victory lap. I'm just going to bring it up. So, yeah. Uh, unless we see something, a major fucking turn of events in the Giants offense, you ain't starting this motherfucker. You know, I'm I'm going to have to fight you a little bit on that. Um, the, oh also, I think your, your stats a little off because the Dolphins have given up five passing touchdowns this year so far. Not one. And that doesn't include, uh, I'm sorry, five outside of Josh Allen. What? They gave up one to Herbert in week one. They gave up one to my, to Mac Jones in week two. And they gave up, oh, and then one more to, to Russell Wilson in week three. So, I'm sorry, three touchdowns outside of uh, 
Yeah, so I'm saying one passing touchdown per game. Oh, I thought you meant one total. No, 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 one, one per game. So, yeah, they're, they're shutting people down. But, I, again, I will still fight a little bit. I mean, Justin Herbert threw, had 20 points against them, threw for 229 and a touchdown. He also ran a touchdown in. Mac Jones went for 231 and a touchdown. And then Russell Wilson had 306 and a touchdown against them. And that's all before Josh Allen smoked him last oh, week. Yeah. That's like borderline starting. I'm telling you, they're they're doing pretty damn good against quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean they're, they're not doing bad. I'm just saying, like I, I'm not saying you're wrong. Daniel Jones is a mess so far this year. So, but like, if I'm gonna give you any pushback, it's gonna be because of that. Yeah, I understand, and I I'm still holding fast. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, my sit of the week is gonna be Trevor Lawrence. I mean. Man, R.I.P., dude. What the fuck happened? Dude, I, the, the offense is just slow to get going. Honestly, their offensive line is not good. They, uh, they, they, they've made some mistakes up there. They are still trying to put it together. I think it's going to get better. We've seen some flashes here and there, so it should get better. But, I mean, Lawrence's breakout season has been stuck at the starting line to begin this year, right? I mean, it's not been good, and it's not going to get any better this week. They're playing the Buffalo Bills, who we just talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Buffalo Bills actually have... Sh- where the stop, slow down the Miami Dolphins better last week than any team has all year. I, I think they might be like number one against uh, quarterbacks they this are, year. They are. They are the toughest defense against quarterbacks on the year. They are giving up less than 10 points a game to the quarterback position. That's extremely impressive. Um, so, I mean, honestly, this one is very, very simple. You have to sit Trevor Lawrence. I know you, you picked – most people spent a lot of draft capital on him. The top seven rounds probably. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you got to sit him. I am one of those guys. I believe in Lawrence. I believe in Calvin Ridley. I'm not saying I'm going off them, but for this week, I am sitting both of them, honestly. Um, the one league I actually do have Trevor Lawrence in, I sat him this week for Sam Howell. Oh. I mean, how's I, there, that working out for you tonight? I mean, we're recording this right now on Thursday I, I, Night I, Football. Look up, I'll look it up real quick. Um, I mean,. I don't think it's been great, but I don't think it was no. terrible. He, the, I mean, Sam Howell has looked good, and we talked about this before the podcast started. We we talked about Sam Howell the last game, year. The game actually just ended, and he scored 26 points. Did he? Yeah. Well, they that comeback was, was on, man. What was the final score? Final but we, we, we were talking about this last year, and I'll be honest. It was, was 40 to 20. They So they ended up, you know. Getting their ass whipped. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, we were talking about this before the podcast. I thought Sam Howell couldn't throw the deep ball uh, in the NFL because the ball hung in the air too long. I might be wrong because he's coming out here and he's doing pretty damn good in year two. Yeah, I mean, 26 points. He went for 388 and two touchdowns. This is his third really good game, honestly. He's put up 20 against Denver, uh, almost 20 against Philly, just under 19.6, and then 20 cents against Chicago. Uh, he had one bad game against Buffalo, as everyone does, at less than five points. He also threw four picks that game. Yeah, it shit happens. But, but I mean, you know, he is essentially a rookie, right? Like this is his first year. He played. He had one start last year, barely played. Mm-hmm. So he's essentially a rookie this year. And it, am I wrong? He's coming out of, of uh, North Carolina. That is correct. Okay, what what is that in college? You're the college guy. In terms of like conference, yes, they're the ACC. ACC. Okay, so one of the People consider that like it's an easier power, conference. It's but a Power Five quite. conference. I mean, they have Clemson there and Florida State. Right, they're competitive, but it's, it's still it's North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina. It's a th- basketball school. If you're like me, you think by North Carolina, you're just like uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's a basketball like, school. Yeah. So 
yeah, it, it goes back. But either way, I'm glad to see him doing good. And I was wrong about him so far. We'll fucking see. His deep ball is not fucking there. But, you know, I'll, I'll fucking die on that hill. So, yeah. Um, who else are we sitting at quarterbacks? Was that it? That's it. Because it's just us. Because Jim couldn't do sits of the week. Yeah, Jim didn't have the nuts. Put some sits <laughs> out there. He he may have just been busy. Ah, uh, whatever. It doesn't. But no, matter. I like I like your narrative better. He doesn't have the nuts. He didn't have the, the nuts. Sits out there. <laughs> His nuts haven't dropped. That's fine, dude. All right, so let's talk about our running back starts of the week right now. Yeah. Well, might as well start with Jim. Oh, okay. So uh, he's going with Brees Hall against Denver. Um, I mean, honestly, you can start anybody against Denver. This defense is terrible. Like in every way possible, the Denver Broncos are the worst defense against quarterbacks. They are the worst defense against running backs. They are the seventh worst defense against uh, receivers and the fifth worst defense against tight ends. They suck all the way around. The defense is trash. Yeah. They're actually uh, on pace to be like the worst defense in NFL history. So why Brees Hall, though? I understand he's like the lead back, but it's like who? They've been bad. The reason why, and maybe this has been the reason that Brees Hall has not been, you know, the type of player we expect him to be so far this year. Um, he's been on a pitch count, apparently. And Robert Sala came out this week saying that he is no longer on a pitch count. He will be able to play the entire game, and they're not worried about him. So if that is the case, um, because when he does get the ball, he's been much more efficient than Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is actually... look like shit. Yeah, I think he's like in the bottom 10 or maybe even the worst running back when it comes to his, his average right now. Yeah. On yards he, per carry, so... He looks like shit. I'm just gonna say. I'm, which is surprising. I don't know why he would. I mean... I It, just, it doesn't make sense to me why he would he look this poorly, except unless the scheme change ruined it's that many suggest, things for him. It's the same team that uh, James Robinson went to and just completely fell off, fell off the face of the earth. I have a feeling that had something... There's something else... I feel like there's something else going with James Robinson. Because, like, he was so good in Jacksonville and can maybe, maybe kind of seemed like he wore out his welcome. And then... I mean, he with the Patriots signed him and he didn't make the team or he got cut, whatever it was. And then same thing with the Jets. Like, I think there's just something maybe about James Robinson's personality, which means that like people don't like him. Fuck, I like him. What's up, dude? Add me on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just yeah, I'm speculating at that point. But but no, I mean, honestly, if Brees Hall truly is off a of pitch count, we saw what he could do his rookie year before the ACL tear. If he if he's back to 100 percent. He's going to go off. And honestly, the Jets need it to win more games. They need to take the pressure off of Zach Wilson. Yeah. Homeboy is nice. That's definitely, uh, uh, that's a fact for sure. Brees Hall is nice. So should I do my running back or what are you doing? Go for Here's, it. Okay. My running back start of the week is going to be Dave Montgomery versus the Carolina Panthers. Carolina is in the bottom five against running back so far this year. And Dave Montgomery has scored five rushing touchdowns in three games. He missed week, uh, Week three, yep. still scored five rushing touchdowns already. I fucking told you guys. I've been saying it all offseason. Homeboy's going to be getting them touchdowns. What do you know? He's getting them touchdowns. Yes. So far in the young season, you are correct. So far, yeah. That's what's going to happen, dude. I, all right. I'm and, not saying you're wrong. Until Jameer Gibbs really solidifies his position. I mean. But I just don't see it because Dave Montgomery is too good at it. 
Yeah, and honestly, I mean, it really looks like he's completely taken up the uh, Jamal Williams role in this offense. Yes. And, and Jamal Williams led the led the league in rushing touch- touchdowns last year, so it makes sense. Was that not my point, though, all off It was. I think we were just so enamored with Jameer Gibbs. Yes, uh, we know, love this motherfucker. But new shiny toy. <laughs> he's a shiny toy, man, but Dave Montgomery is the old fucking Chevy 1500 you bought in the 90s that's still fucking trucking. I was, I was literally... Just gonna make that analogy. It's Are like Jameer gives like your brand new Lamborghini, and David Montgomery is just that do it all fucking truck that never breaks down. That's for what you. I'm saying. You yeah. you go up in the woods, get a quart of wood. Yep. Dave Montgomery's gonna get you done. Okay. Jameer Gibbs, he might not make it past the fucking trailhead. Yeah. Like, come on now, David Montgomery. As long as you keep oiling that son of a bitch up, he's gonna be good. Exactly. We're probably talking like a little too country at this point, <laughs> but yeah. So when you go up in the woods, you need something reliable. And Dave Montgomery, that's that motherfucker. Shamir gives that's that shiny new toy you just got off by the lot. Dave Montgomery, he been hauling <laughs> wood out of the fucking woods since 1990. Okay, <laughs> three hundred thousand miles on the engine. Yeah, uh, Gibbs is the Gibbs is the one you only bring out when it's, when the sun's shining. That's what I'm saying. That means you only bring Gibbs out against good matchups. See, uh, exactly. God, what a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> we're, we're fucking killing it right now. If you're not from the woods, I'm sorry, but trust me, you need that reliable. Sh- you need that reliable shit when you go up in the woods. Yep. And Dave Montgomery is that shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Anyways, who's your running back? Uh, I'm. I'm gonna. I know I've said it earlier in the year, and it didn't pan out very well. But I'm going with Josh Jacobs. Yes. So, uh, obviously, his season's been a little slow to get get going. Uh, the first three weeks were rough. He did finally break out last week. Though. He had 24 points against the Chargers, and I, yes. expect, I expect him to do it again. <clears throat> the Packers are giving up almost 26 points to running backs so far in the season, and they've also given up the fifth most receiving yards to running backs on the season. Um, and if you saw what happened last week with Josh Jacobs, the reason why he why he had so many points is because he went off in the passing. He had 11 targets, eight catches, and 81 yards. Um, clearly, he can do that again, again against the, the Packers because they do not cover the running back out of the backfield, apparently. Um, there's also, honestly, what even helps me even more here is that Aiden O'Connell actually might get the start again. Jimmy Garoppolo is not out of concussion protocol. They're not sure if he'll get out of it before the game starts on Monday night. So if Aiden O'Connell is back in there, I expect a lot of more, a lot of dump downs, just like they did last week. Yep. Thank God someone's with me on this. Last year, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams both finished top five in, you know, rushing yards and receiving yards. Forgive me if I'm wrong. They might might have been both number one. Um, I can check that for you real quick if you want to just keep on speaking. Well, uh, either- you are correct about Josh Jacobs. Yes. And Devontae Adams led the league in receiving touchdowns. So it's like, wh- what much has changed in the Raiders' offense? Devontae Adams was third in yards at a hun- at just over 1,500. Yeah, but he caught hella touchdowns. He did lead the league in touchdowns at 14. Yes. So what much has changed? You know, not much. Quarterback. The quarterback has changed. The, the quarterback has changed, yes. But the targets for Devontae Adams, if anything, they've increased or uh, more or less stayed the same. He had 180 targets last year. Yeah, so we're talking what maybe like eleven and a half targets a week on average. Uh, Josh Jacobs absolutely fucking murdering it. They need to run the ball more. Really, is what they need to do. Devontae yeah. Adams is a lock. Josh Jacobs, we need to see the ball. 
Yeah, I mean, Devontae, even though the offense isn't great, I mean, he has had 33 targets in the last two weeks. Yes, he's quarterback proof. That's between two different quarterbacks. That is, yeah, Garoppolo and... Garoppolo in week three where he had 20 targets, and then O'Connell last where we had 13. Yes, sir. He's money. And Josh Jacobs, I'm totally with you on this one. It's going to come along. Josh McDaniels, I fucking hate him as a Raiders fan, but he needs to know where his bread and butter is. And the bread is Devontae Adams. The butter is Josh Jacobs. Ain't no other way to win on offense. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, for the Raiders to succeed, they need to run the ball efficiently and then give, whether it's Jimmy O'Connell, Jimmy O'Connell, uh, <laughs> Jimmy uh, Garoppolo, or Aiden yeah, O'Connell. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're basically the same quarterback. Just put them together. It's, they're, they're now known as Jimmy O'Connell as a uh, pair. Uh, whoever you have back there at quarterback, you need to run the ball efficiently so then you can hit Devontae off the play-action pass. That's what it comes down to. That's old-school football, but it fucking works. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. We've been playing football since the fucking, what, 1910s? Yeah, something along those lines. Something like that. You got you to distract motherfuckers, and they got distractions. So, yeah, let's talk about our fucking sits of the week, then. Yeah. At running back. Lead us off, my friend. All right. I'm going with uh, kind of everyone's running back darling so far in the year, Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams has been a revelation this season, especially after the trade of Cam Akers. They clearly saw what they had in Kyron. Like, all right, Cam, get the fuck out of here. We don't need you anymore. Uh, he's the bona fide number one back in the offense. Uh, Jim mentioned a bunch last week that like Sean McVay likes to use a workhorse running back. He doesn't like to use committee. He likes he finds that one guy that he loves and he's gonna stick with him. And to that point, he is the RB four on the season. But he's playing the Eagles this week. Yes. The Eagles are an absolute menace against the run. They are weak so far this year on the pass so far, which is surprising. But against the run, that front seven destroys people. Their defensive line is big. It's fast because I'll block really quickly. And because they're eating up so many of the blockers, the linebackers, who are also extremely fast, get to roam without any interference. And they are shutting down the run games. They are only giving up 12 points a game to running backs on the season. I've only given up two touchdowns so far. Kyron Williams is in for a long game, and it's going to be a very, very tough day for him. He needs to be on your bench. And luckily, you should be able to do that because you picked him up off of waivers anyways. So you have other guys you can start in front of him. What a good waiver wire pickup, honestly. I was talking about Jim's sit of the week, but he didn't fucking do it. Jim, where are you at with the sits, man? You're slipping on us. Lazy. Yes, sir. Lazy as fuck. You are here... Fucking doing your job like a piece of shit. All right. <laughs> well, let's go to his start of the week at receiver. I'm going to read. Oh, hold on. Let me talk about my set of the week. Oh, shit. You're right. I'm sorry. My bad. My, my bad. My running back set of the week is going to be Najee Harris versus Baltimore. I'm not going to go on too long. Obviously, Najee's been a disappointment overall. Uh, the emergence of Jalen uh, Jor- Warren has really slowed things down. And they're basically 50 50 at this point. R.I.P. to everybody who thought Najee Harris is going to be good. It's not finna happen. And this week, they're playing Baltimore. They're top five versus running backs. It's not going to happen, man. He's in a running back committee all of a sudden. He was one of the few running backs that wasn't, but he is now. And they're playing Baltimore, who is one of the top five defenses against running backs. 
I'm not about it. Either him or Jalen Warren, they might score a touchdown, but I'm telling you, you're throwing a fucking dart with a blindfold on. Like, it's, I just, I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, it's been surprising with Najee. Um, They are legitimately splitting snaps almost 50-50 exactly on the season. And Jalen Warren has actually been a slightly more, a slightly better fantasy player, and that's because he's getting most of the passing game work. Um, Najee only has four catches on the air versus 18 catches for Jalen Warren. That's where a lot of his production is coming from because he's not doing great on the ground. Um, and so, but really at this point, because it's so 50 50 and neither one of them is being extremely productive, you have to sit them both. Neither one is worth starting. They're both outside the top 24 as at running back positions. Um, and if you go and so you're like, Oh, that's a a flex play. It's not because the problem, because flex play receivers, like the top 36 receivers score, or let's put it this way. The receivers that rank between 25 and 36 score a lot more points than running backs that rank between yes, 25 sir. and 36. But let's just say you got Najee as your running back, too, and you're in a tough spot. And you're like me. I drafted Jalen Warren as a cuff in you know a league that I have Najee Harris in. Who are you starting, Najee Harris or Jalen Warren? Uh, Neither. If I, if I honestly, I would start against Baltimore specifically. I would start in either one of them. If I'm forced to start one of them, if like you have no other options, you have to start start one of them as a running back position. I would go with Najee because he's more likely to get a goal line touch and get to the end zone. Okay, I'm with you on that one. All right, so should we uh, move into our wide receiver starts of the week? Yes, sir. All righty, let's start off with a uh, Jim Bose. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, did you bring me flowers? Maybe. Did you? <laughs> I don't see no flowers, dude. Because Jimbo started... Uh, I mean, they're not that kind of flowers. What? Oh, uh, marijuana, dude? <laughs> We're up in the Northwest, Wait, I'm trying dude. to be all, I'm trying to be all sly about it. Like, 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 marijuana? Marijuana? Where's, <laughs> Where's that, it at? <laughs> I need it right now. So, yeah, Jimbo started the week. It's going to be Zay Flowers against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers have been torched all year by receivers. It's no secret. Specifically, wide receiver ones. Oh, there we go. That's a good point to make. Doesn't matter if it's OBJ, you know, or Rashad Bateman are back on the team for the Ravens. He loves Zay Flowers. For him, Zay Flowers is a wide receiver one, and it's their best playmaker. A little bit of ad libs, but uh, that basically. <laughs> Jimbo loves Zay Flowers this week. I mean, in two of the four games so far in the season, he has at least ten targets. That's a big. That's a big share. Um, not the best production out of it because there's the other two games outside of that he's gonna he's only gotten five and four targets, so it can be a little hit or miss, and that's probably just from him being a rookie and trying to you know he doesn't he can't figure out every defense um, from from the jump. But Pittsburgh's defense has been vulnerable so far this this year, so Zay Flowers is a good match up to you know. To, to have a good game. Um, I also do like the fact that we finally saw Mark Andrews finally get back into this game plan, have a huge week last week. I think if you can focus on those two guys in this passing offense, that you're actually going to help the offense as a whole because now you have more threats down the field that you have to deal with. Yep, I'm totally with you. And honestly, when Zay Flowers gets the ball in his hands, he looks fucking nice. Oh, the, the, he is so dynamic. Like, he's hard to bring down. He's shifty as all hell. Yep. Yeah, and also the other thing too, it's like not just shit. He has like what they like to call the wiggle, where like 
He doesn't make a lot of like actual ladder movement. It's just it's just enough movement to make it where the guy can't tackle you. It's not like yeah. it's, it's not like huge jump jump cuts or things like that where it's like like oh my god they came out of like the highlight plays. It's more just like a little here, a little here where guys miss you just enough where you can keep going. Yep, he he is very elusive. That's why I like him definitely. Um, my wide receiver star of the week is gonna be Romeo Dubs. Dob Dobbs. Dobbs. God damn it. Ugh, fuck. Whatever. You know I can't. I do like names. Dubs though. I wish he went wide. I wish it was Dubs. I wish it was Dubs. I guess it's Romeo Dobbs. I pronounce players wrong all the time. Whatever. Romeo Dobbs versus the Raiders. And I'm doubling down because obviously I already talked about Jordan um, Love. Yeah. Trevor. <laughs> Jordan Love. <laughs> Jordan Love. <laughs> you threw me off there. I uh, literally said his name. You said Trevor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, whatever. So yeah, the Packers are going to do very good against the Raiders. So uh, Romeo Dobbs versus the Raiders. I'm doubling down. He's had 25 targets in the last two weeks. Romeo Dobbs, and the Raiders have allowed six touchdowns and almost 600 yards in the last four weeks to receivers. He, Romeo Dobbs is the guy for the Packers right now. He seems to be a lock for at least a touchdown. Hopefully 100 plus yards, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I mean Christian Watson is still coming back from the injury from the hamstring injury. He was officially listed as limited today in practice uh, on Thursday. So obviously he's going to play, but if he's still, you know, a little beat up from the hamstring, however you want to put it, you know, lingering hamstring injury, however you want to put it, like he's not going to be able to be his full self out there. And Dobbs will be that guy. Yes, sir. I do like it. The twenty-five targets blows my mind in the last two weeks. It's a lot. It's a lot of yeah. targets. That, it's uh, not Devontae Adams' 33, but it's a lot of targets. Uh, it's pretty damn got, got in close. Oh, yeah. I mean, very few people. Maybe Puka Nakua has that many targets the last two weeks. But I mean, football is wild. That That's a good point to prove. I mean, fifth-round draft pick who's on his way to an all-pro season as a rookie? Who would have called it? We didn't, unfortunately, but motherfuckers out there. Yeah, I mean, it, again, Puka's one of those guys, like, I heard about him in the offseason, and I heard that, like, the Rams really, really enjoyed, liked him, and they knew that he's going to be a big part of the offense because Cooper Cup was going to be out. But I don't think anyone could have ever predicted this was going to happen with Puka. No, no, not nobody. S- send us the clip on Twitter at the FF Fathers if you know anything about somebody saying something about Puka Nakua. Nakua. P- fucking... <laughs> God. <laughs> but if there, if you if there's a clip of anybody online anywhere saying before the season yes. started, and it's got to be timestamped because I don't want some bullshit. I want to see it. If if anyone said that he was going to be even a, a top twenty four receiver, let alone a top five receiver, at this point in the season, send it to us because no, I God. I need to see. It's impossible. It either it was either two cases. It was either uh, a absolute Rams homer who has inside information or it was um somebody who is a BYU homer because that's where Puka played college at and he was like nah this is that guy I don't care what anybody says he's gonna go off is that the key to being a good running or wide receiver you just have to like you have to soak (laughs) oh my god um I understand your reference on that. Like, Puka, if you Puka soaks, dude, and all it, of a sudden it, he just he's. If you know about Mormonism, and especially this is very specifically very old school Mormonism, 
You'll BYU. understand that reference. Yeah. yeah, you try to fuck somebody at BYU, they're just going to put your dick in you, and they're not going to move it. Yeah, that's a very, very old-timey tradition in Mormonism. They, and I actually thought that that was more of a thing with... Uh, uh, no, I think it's just them. They, uh, they, they park the car in the garage and leave it running. No, um, what's the... They're big in the Amish. No, I that, that's I know I I know for a fact that's the thing the with Amish with like old school dude. Amish traditions. No, they fuck hard, dude. <laughs> Jesus. No, 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 BYU people they they put the dick in you and then they let it soak. <laughs> they don't let it, you, you can't you <laughs> can't move the your, dickens. Yeah, you can't move it. So they, they just park the car in the garage like you're trying to kill yourself, <laughs> and they just let it sit there. Oh man, let's let's uh move on. This That's is the thing. A, Google it. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like this is not something we should be discussing on this podcast. Whatever, dude. The car's in the garage. It's not moving. Somebody's dying in the fucking driver's seat. So yeah, what? Who's your wide receiver start of the week? I mean, how do I follow that up? Um, fuck. Um, <laughs> by anything because that sounds horrible. Yeah, it does. Um, okay. So my start of the week. In a very similar manner of Jim's running backs of the week, I'm going with Garrett Wilson. Obviously, Garrett Wilson's season got absolutely turned on his head four plays into the season when Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles. Um, we've seen him being a little frustrated on the sideline um, with Zach Wilson. It's been, you know, fr- I, I, I'll see them also trying to uplift Zach Wilson a little bit too. Like, he's showing frustration at the same time. Like, I think it's just it's the competitor in him because he's not like coming at Wilson a lot. He's just more like, Come on, man. Like, you know, whatever. Kind of soaking. <laughs> God Sorry. damn it. Um, but last week, we actually really saw something out of Zach Wilson. Like I said earlier, it was probably his best game as a as a, as a starter in the NFL. Um, and to do that, he relied heavily on Garrett Wilson. He had Garrett Wilson had 14 targets, the third most targets he had in any game in his career so far. And... As I mentioned, the Broncos' defense is on track to be the worst defense in NFL history. They are atrocious. They're giving up thirty, almost 36 points a game to receivers so far this year. So, They're also allowing the most yards per attempt and the highest pass rating leagues. I mean, they're just bad. It doesn't matter which way you slice it. They're just a bad defense. Garrett Wilson should have a huge game this week. I think he's going to see a ton of targets. And unless Zach Wilson becomes wholly inaccurate, the balls are even close to Garrett Wilson. He's coming down with them, so it's going to lead to a lot of production for him. No, I, I like it. I like the whole Wilson to Wilson soak. Stop saying it. I just stop. <laughs> it, yeah, it sounds horrible. Yeah, if you can't tell, we're not Mormon. Um, yeah, the, the 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 soak is weird. So um, let's talk about our wide receiver sits of the week. We're talking about Jim's, but like I said, he ain't got none. He wasn't about it this week. He ain't got no sits of the week. I'll talk about my wide receiver sit of the week. It's going to be Jordan Addison versus the Chiefs. Jordan Addison, we talked about him a lot during the offseason. We were really high on him, but the shit just ain't working out right now. And he hasn't broke double-digit fantasy. Let me restart. He hasn't broke double-digit fantasy points since week two. And he only had one target last week. Kansas City is in the top 10 against wide receivers so far this season. I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, Minnesota's going to play Kansas City. I don't like it. Jordan Addison, I've been fooled. 
I'm not doing it this week. I need at least two weeks of consistent production from him before I put him back into my starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, at this point, this offense, the passing offense specifically, is centered solely around Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. Um, obviously, they hope that Addison comes around. He's another guy who can work the middle of the field because he's such a great route runner. Um, TJ Hawkinson worked the middle of the field. Then you have Justin Jefferson as your do everything because that's literally what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, obviously, there's no trust between Kirk Cousins and Jordan Addison. So at this point, yeah, I think he has to be a sit. Uh, obviously, TJ Hawkinson and uh, very obviously Justin Jefferson are must starts. Actually, TJ Hawkinson, surprisingly, I didn't realize this, is the number one tight end in fantasy right now. Uh, makes sense because he's had, Jordan Addison is not getting the goddamn ball. I know. I'm just kind of surprised because he's had seven points, 22. Eight and three points, and he's the number one tight end. Well, it's the 22. It, the yeah, tight end t- rankings, it, it's all fucked, man. I know. We're all God. just throwing fucking darts blindfolded. Like, what a dystopian wasteland is the tight end position right now. No, honestly, it hurts my fucking soul because I love tight ends and I love defenses, and it's so hard to choose a tight end right now. Yeah. And I remember specifically before the season started saying, like, tight end seems like a deeper position than we've had in years. Like, it seems like there's so many guys that were in position to do well. And I couldn't have been more wrong. No, ain't nobody really doing good besides obviously Travis Kelsey. I was like, okay, cool. And apparently TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, I mean, there's a few. There's a few guys. Uh, Sam Laporta has been great so far as a rookie. Yep, and you'll hear about him later in the episode. Ooh, ooh, foreshadowing. Ooh. <laughs> you guys, have you guys ever read a book? Because it's called foreshadowing. Or if you attended a, like a middle school English class. Or, yeah, if you went to public school at all and actually paid attention, but none of us actually fucking did. So who fucking cares? Anywho. So what's next? Our tight ends? No, no, I got to do my sit of the week. Oh. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a tray. And I'm going to sit. What does that mean? I'm going to sit an entire position group. Oh, like, similar to what you did with the Ravens last week. Oh, was I not right? No, you were right. The you you sat the you said don't start a single Ravens running back last week. It worked out for, well for you. I think I'm going a little riskier than you did. Uh, I'm gonna sit every Houston Texan receiver against the Falcons. Against the Falcons. Why? Because the Falcons defense is not to play with. Okay, you might be the only person on. in the world saying this. They are the third best defense against running backs. They are the fifth best defense against receivers. The only position they're actually giving up points to is the tight end position. Why which were the seventh worst. Why do they look so bad? But their defense is their defense is not bad overall. Really? Yeah. So and they're they're middling against quarterbacks. So quarterbacks are hitting tight ends, and but receivers and running backs are not playing well against them. And I know we have seen huge games from Nico Collins and Tank Dell. This yes. year so far. Nico Collins went crazy last week. But the Falcons, again, they're giving up. They're the sixth best de- defense against the, uh, receivers in the season. They are top 10 defenses against, for yards per game, yards per attempt, and yards per, per completion. But is that because they just suck? No, because they're not giving up. Because if, if they just suck, they'd be giving up a bunch of points to, to running backs, right? Because they're getting ran all over. But that's not happening. It's always like losing from the get-go. Yeah, but for whatever reason, I don't, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. Here's the problem. All I know is that the only the only position that's scoring any points against them is the tight end position. 
they're really solid against receivers and running backs. And they're middling middling against quarterbacks. So all that tells me is that tight ends are the are where the offenses are going because that's what's open. That's why they're the seventh worst against tight ends, where they're top five against both running backs and receivers. So again, I know we've seen huge games from Nico Collins and Tank Dell and uh CJ Stroud's been by far the best rookie quarterback. Um he's thrown for three hundred yards, it seems seemingly every game. But I expect them all to have duds this week. That's an interesting take. It's ri- I know. I, like I said, it's risky, but the stats back it up. Hey, can we go two for two for starting an entire offensive fucking position group? That'd be interesting. Because my running backs hit. It worked. It hit. Yes. And it, Oh, let's see. If the Houston wide receivers do not hit, you're making good points here. So what- Also, if both those hit, though, by back-to-back weeks, I mean... It just shows that people need to listen to us more. We need more. Yes. Li- we need more followers because uh, we are giving you fucking gems. Well, we are, and we look into it way too much. We're spending a lot of time <laughs> doing this kind of stuff. We love to do it, but goddamn, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, how often can we be right? Pretty damn often. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Like, that. for us and James with us too. Like, it's. Fantasy football is such it's so much more than just like a hobby. It's like a way like every time we're we're looking at all these things and it's always comes back to what they do in fantasy. You know, like we eat, breathe, and live football in general, but now it's gone to the point where like everything we do in regards to football is in fantasy related. Like that's what we think about, you know. Oh yeah. And that's why there's so many t- they, you'll hear us say it too, like there's so many guys that like like um Daniel Jones, I think, was a great great example last year. Really good fantasy quarterback because you can run the ball like crazy, right? Not right. a very good NFL quarterback. Yeah. And you could hear us, you'll hear us say that, but that all that matters is that you're playing fantasy football and we're going to tell you whether or not to put them in your lineup. We want fantasy points. I imagine you're in a league that costs money. Get you your money, my friend. Yeah. And pay attention. We're just trying to make you all prosper. Yeah, we want that money. I'm 4 0 in a league with, I might win $1,600. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's our fucking home league, and I probably won't win that shit, but right now, I'm 4-0. Get some. Shit happens, baby. Shit happens. And if listening to us, you might be in the right fucking position. All right. Let's get over to tight ends here. Oh, this is brilliant. All right. So, we'll start with Jim. Do it. Jim's star of the week is Dalton Kincaid. I don't know why he wanted to whisper it, but he said to whisper. I was say, what? Yeah, it why literally did you say that so quiet? Because he, he wanted me to whisper it. He said, Dalton Kincaid. Oh, where'd you see my Kincaid? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Like, I don't know. That's what he wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> where'd you see my Kincaid? That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, either way. So, uh, his reasoning for starting Dalton Kincaid, who has... Not been the best rookie tight end. We know this. Uh, it's clearly Sam Laporta so far in this offense. Um, Don Kane's not going the way that me and me and Jim both. We were both like, hey, he's not going to be running tight end positions. He's going to be split out wide a lot. Hasn't happened that much. But he has a good matchup. Uh, the Jags just gave up 95 yards to Jonu Smith last week, who is now the new Falcons tight end one because Kyle Pitts. 
I don't. It just isn't around. Apparently, he doesn't. Shit changes fast, man. Welcome to fantasy. It's one of the crazier turnarounds I've seen from a guy going from literally like the next star in the league to being. They can't do shit with. They drafted Kyle Pitts in round one. They drafted. Uh, they drafted uh, Drake, Drake London. London. Both of them are not doing shit. Bajan Robinson obviously is fucking but, killing it. But the crazy, but, like Kyle or uh, Drake London, we haven't seen much of throughout in his first two years. That's Kyle, what I'm saying. What the fuck are they? Kyle doing? Pitts was a top five tight end his rookie year. He he beat he broke the rookie record for receiving yards as a tight end. He broke Mike Dicka's record, which was a sixty year old record. Right, he went over a thousand yards. There's no one had ever done. And then all of a sudden, and then last year it was there was a lot of injuries, and that's the biggest reason why he was struggling because of injury. But this year he's not injured; he's healthy and just not doing a goddamn thing. That's what's so crazy about it. I'll just be honest. That rookie record was weak. It's a it's a rookie record from nine uh, the sixties. Yeah, we were fifty years without seeing a tight end break a thousand yards as a rookie. That like, that's how hard it is for tight ends to break in the league. But the fact that Kyle yeah. could do that. Right. But. And now he has 19 targets to four games. Yeah. And, and, but like, this is the one thing that I think we mentioned last week. Kyle Pitts. With Kyle Pitts was that he had Matt Ryan. That was Matt Ryan's last year in Atlanta. Matt Ryan. I'm not saying I do what he could do, but. He was only a few. He dropped back in the pocket. He had no mobility. It doesn't matter if you can throw the ball on time, get the ball out of your hands. Right, he, he, he was just a happen. few. He was just a few years removed from his MVP season. So I mean, shit happens fast. But yeah, shit, shit was fucked. Right. Let me ask this: right now, at this moment, would the Falcons rather have Matt Ryan or Desmond Ritter as our quarterback? No, they obviously have Matt Ryan. Yeah, Desmond Ritter. We were all um, we were wrong about that. But actually, me and you specifically. We love Desmond Ritter coming out of Cincinnati. I I like. We thought he, he was a winner. He and is he a winner. Had good attributes. Yeah. Shit ain't working out. I mean, jump shit. Well, I mean, I don't think we ever told him to start Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I liked him. I thought he could. No, we liked him. He was in our top five. Like, yeah. Two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he he shouldn't have been. I mean, honestly, if you look back at that rookie quarterback class, he's probably is still top five. Yeah, but it's a shitty class. Yeah, yeah so, so it happens. Let's get back to John, uh, Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid is Jim's start of the week. Uh, the Jags gave up 95 yards yeah. to John o. Smith. They're giving up the fifth most points to tight end so far this year. Um, I mean, if obviously the tight end position, as we said, it's risky to play anyone not named Travis Kelsey. Um, but Kincaid is actually, even though production's not all the way behind it, is actually the second leading t- uh, person on the Bills in targets behind only Stephon Diggs. So he's getting his chances. It's, it's going to turn in production as the season goes along. Uh, I would agree that Don Kincaid actually still is a good flyer as a start of the week at tight end. Okay. Yep. I can get with that. My, my tight end start of the week is going to be Sam Laporta. Once again, I'm pretty sure that was my start of the week last week versus the Panthers. I mean, he's just at this point, he's just a should be in your starting lineup regardless. Yeah, no honestly, matter what, just start this motherfucker. He's a rookie. You might have like little second thoughts about him. He's he's point. only the tight end two on this on the season so far. Like, but he's just he's been consistent. That's all it comes down to. He's just, he's just consistently getting production and targets. 
Yes. And we've been, if anything, we have been, if not just me, I've been drilling this for years. You want a tar- you want a tight end who has targets, snap percentage, and catches, and he fills the fucking bill in every single role. You want Sam Laporta as your quarterback. Tight end sucks. You you never know who's gonna be good. You want snap percentage. You want targets. Who's getting it? Sam Laporta. So you gotta start him. You do. You do. Um. Honestly, the only. And I agree with everything you just said there. The kind of the weird thing about Sandler Park, specifically last week, all five of his targets last week came in the first half, and then he was nowhere to be seen the entire second half. So kind of weird that way. Excuse me. Um, I don't expect that it's to continue. still better than the rest. Yeah, I mean it's five targets. So yeah. So no, I mean I Sam Laporta needs to, Sam Laporta needs to be in your starting lineup regardless. No matter, I don't care. Who you drafted. Unless you drafted Travis Kelsey, Sam Laporta should be your starter. Exactly. Yeah, you, you got to roll with snap percentage and targets with tight ends. That that will lead you to the promised land. That's what you need. So who's your tight end start of the week? I'm going with Zach Ertz. Playing the Bengals, tight end for, for the, the Cardinals. Um, Ertz has had at least eight targets in three to four games this week. Or this year, I'm sorry. And... Uh, even with the emergence of Michael Wilson last week when he scored two touchdowns, uh, Earth still had 10 targets, six catches, and 53 yards, giving him eight points, a little more than eight points in the week, which is at half PPR, which is a top 12 finish. It's a starting tight end. Yeah. The Bengals are actually giving up over 12 points a game to tight end so far on the season. That's the sixth worst mark, worst mark in the league. Uh, and they've given up the second most tight, uh, touchdowns to the tight end position. So, Ertz has clearly earned the trust of Josh Dobbs, and there's no reason to think that that trust isn't going to be there this week. I can fuck with that. Tight ends, it, it's a rough position, man, but you got to roll with it. You want guys who are giddy? <laughs> Pardon me? Uh, <laughs> getting getting targets and... Uh... And, and yards. Targets and reception, or snap percentage. That's what you're going for. Thank you. Trey's having a sneezing fit. <laughs> I got allergies right now. If you cannot tell by the, you know, the sound of my voice. So yeah. Um, well, just off on the, the sit of the week. Yeah. All right. Thank you. My sit of the week is going to be Evan Ingram. Uh, I'm kind of stacking the sit between Lawrence and Ingram uh, this week. Ingram has actually been one of the more consistent tight ends on the season so far. He's got eight targets in each of the last three games and score and he hasn't scored less than eight points in, in that same time frame. But just like it was against, against with Trevor Lawrence, the Bills defense is just too damn good. All their their linebackers and their safeties are fast and they fly around the field. They can and they're all good in coverage. Um it's just one of those things uh they've only given up fourteen receptions on the year to tight ends. In four weeks. In four weeks. Okay. So that's what three, like point three and a half catches a game. I mean, three and a half catches, even even with Evan Ingram, unless he finds the end zone, is just not gonna bode well when it comes to a fancy start. I know it's really hard to sit Ingram again because tight ends suck this year, and if he does score eight points, it's probably gonna be in the uh, in the top twelve, but. If he catches two or three, three, he only gets two or three catches for thirty yards. Not going to be there. He's gonna. The only way he finishes in the top twelve this week is if he scores a touchdown, 
and I just don't see it happening. All righty then. So does that uh, cover pretty much everything besides the defenses? Not so fast. They're sparky. I'm jumping the gun. You got to you got to talk about your sit, which is actually kind of funny because we just talked about him. So my tight end sit of the week is going to be Kyle Pitts. For basically all the reasons we just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, we are we already done talked about it. He's not getting the looks that we want. Only 19 targets through four weeks. Honestly, at this point, uh, if you have a Kyle Pitts, uh, especially in a dynasty league, uh, I'm trying to trade. Yeah, see if you can get I'm something for him. Bailing the fuck out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at this point, if you can trade him, try to get anything back for him. He's been so, so bad. That like you might as well you might as well just take on like a depth piece because you're not gonna get and then let the other person deal with the you know should I start him this week should I not start him this week let him deal with that headache just get somebody you can have on your roster that you might be able to throw in every once in a while but that's as good as Kyle Pitts is at this point he ain't gonna do he's not gonna do nothing for you man I'm telling you you bought a fucking used bass fishing boat and you're like oh yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch some fish mm, no. You're trying water, my friend. Get yourself out of the middle of the lake, and you're like, oh, this boat, we'll be treading water. Like, I'm not about it, dude. It's all fucked. The boat is sinking. Okay, and get the fuck out of that boat. Sell it on Craigslist for whatever the fuck you can get. Okay? Dish it off to somebody else. Let that be somebody else's problem. Like, just just give it to them. Let them know. This is kind of fucked. Um, it's got good potential. But, uh, <laughs> you might catch some good bass out of this motherfucker. But oh no, it, you, yeah, this boat might fucking sink. Okay, that's that's how I feel about Kyle Pitts. It, it's mad fucked. <laughs> All right. All right. So without further ado, then we have to give the floor to Stinky for his defense of the week yes okay it's my favorite fucking time of the week baby you know that's what i do i bring it to you motherfuckers and i do it every week um if you don't already know i'm not bringing you defenses that are already rostered i'm trying to bring you a defense that is not rostered that can help you get some good fantasy points on the week right now houston last time i checked on sleeper sitting around like 19 percent rostered as far as a defense and they're playing Atlanta this week and in the last two weeks Houston has had 14 defensive fancy points so they're looking pretty damn good and Atlanta is just like a they're looking like garbage they look like absolute shit okay they cannot move the ball they're only averaging 280 total yards per week Houston did a great job of shutting down the dynamic Jacksonville Jaguars offense just like two weeks ago. They're looking pretty decent, good enough to shut down Houston. So Shut down Atlanta. They are Houston. They are Houston. Shut down Atlanta. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, so the Atlanta offense, really, I, I think Houston is probably going to get a couple of turnovers. Hopefully a fucking touchdown. Who knows? Um, the Atlanta offense looks fucking tragic at this point. But John Robinson obviously looks great, but they cannot move the ball through the air. So I love the Houston's defense. 
and I assume they're going to keep it going and at least get you a, a starting defensive start this week versus the Falcons. No, I mean, that sounds good. The uh, Falcons are averaging, giving up uh, almost 11 points a game to defenses so far in the year. So great start. If you get anything, get any kind of double digit points out of your defense and you're feeling good about them. So no, it's a, it's a great start. And uh, their roster percentage is actually less than what you, what you thought. It's 14% on sleeper. Yeah, so this defense is heavily available, and they have, they've had 14 points in the last two weeks defensive-wise. Each. each game. Yes. Uh, 14 total. That's 28 total points, 14 games apiece. Yeah, or 14 points apiece. game, which is, like, fucking fantastic for a defense. So, yeah, just listen to your boy. Stinky's defense of the week. I killed it last week talking about the Seahawks. Called that fucking shit. <laughs> Finished as the number one defense of the week, I believe, for the Seahawks. I can't see why they wouldn't at 32 points. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, I'm all about tight ends and defenses. Tight ends suck. It's hard to predict. I, I don't miss on my defenses. Houston's defense versus Atlanta this week, baby. It's going to be a good one, and they should be available in fucking anything. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean... And you are correct. The Seahawks did have the number one defense of the week last week, give uh, 32 points. The Cowboys were a close second at 28. <clears throat> Let's go fucking Seahawks, baby. I fucking told you. All right. Well, there you have it. That's our starts yeah. and sits of the week. Anything else we want to address? Nah. Good luck out there, guys. All right, Peter Jim. And gals. I yeah, I don't know what Jim's doing. He might be dead. Who knows? If anything, we'll just say some prayers next week for him. It's fine. And uh, what? I think that's it, right? Yeah. Once again, follow us on the X at the FF Fathers <laughs> on our on our new Instagram at the FF Fathers, and you know, like, subscribe to us on any wherever you like to hear your hear your podcast from. We're on basically every platform you can think of. So wherever you like to like to listen. We're there. Like and subscribe. As Trey likes to say, we only take five stars. Anything less than that, keep it moving. Hell yeah. Only five stars. If you don't like it, fucking move on, man. <laughs> That's how we're doing this shit. So hell yeah. Yeah. So, so at the X. Which is fucking. At the FF Fathers on the X and Instagram once again. God, I'm so old. I can't keep up with Twitter at the FF Fathers. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and also on Instagram at the FF Fathers. Yep. I believe so. Yeah. And if you have any questions about start sits, waivers, anything like that, hit us up, man. We got you. Absolutely. On Twitter, I guess, I guess, or on Instagram, but mostly Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter. We got you. We'll help you out. So, yeah, I believe that's it, my friend. Yep. Good luck out there, guys. Hell yeah. Y'all have a good one and bye.